0: chapter 10 part 2 of the pit this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain it was about 9 o'clock when landry and page reached the foot of la salle street the morning was fine and cool the sky over the board of trade sparkled with sunlight and the air was full of fluttering wings of the multitude of pigeons that lived upon the leakage of grain around the board of trade building "'Mr. Cressler used to feed them regularly,' said Landry, as they passed on the street corner opposite the board. "'Poor—poor poor Mr. Cressler. The funeral is tomorrow, you know.' Paige shut her eyes. "'Oh,' she murmured, "'think—think think of Laura finding him there like that. Oh, it would have killed me—it would have killed me!' "'Somehow,' observed Landry, a puzzled expression in his eyes, "'Somehow, by George, she doesn't seem to mind very much. "'You'd have thought a shock like that would have made her sick.' "'Oh, Laura!' cried Paige. "'I don't know her any more these days. "'She's just like stone, "'just as though she were crowding down every emotion "'or any feeling she ever had. "'She seems to be holding herself in with all her strength for something, "'and afraid to let go a finger "'for fear she would give way altogether.' When she told me about that morning at the Crestor's house, her voice was just like ice. She said, Mr. Crestor has shot himself. I found him dead in his library. She never shed a tear, and she spoke, oh, in, in such a terrible monotone. Oh, dear, cried Page. I wish all this was over and we could all get away from Chicago and take Mr. Jadwin with us and get him back to be as he used to be, always so light-hearted and thoughtful and kindly he used to be making jokes from morning till night oh i loved him just as if he were my father they crossed the street and landry taking her by the arm ushered her into the corridor on the ground floor of the board now keep close to me he said and see if we can get through somewhere Here. The stairs leading up to the main floor were already crowded with visitors, some standing in line close to the wall, others aimlessly wandering up and down, looking and listening, their heads in the air. One of these, a gentleman with a tall white hat, shook his head at Landry and Page as they pressed by him. "'You can't get up there,' he said, "'even if they let you in. Uh, They're packed in like sardines already.' But Landry reassured Page with a knowing nod of his head. I told the guide up in the gallery to reserve a seat for you. I guess we'll manage. But when they reached the staircase that connected the main floor with the visitors' gallery, it became a question as to whether or not they could even get to the seat. The crowd was packed solidly upon the stairs, between the wall and the balustrades. There were men in top hats and women in silks rough fellows of the poorer streets and gaudily dressed queens of obscure neighborhoods while mixed with these one saw the faded and shabby wrecks that perennially drifted about the board of trade the failures who sat on the chairs of the customers rooms day in and day out reading old newspapers smoking vile cigars and there were young men of the type of clerks and bookkeepers young men with drawn worn faces and hot tired eyes who pressed upward silent their lips compressed listening intently to the indefinite echoing murmur that was filling the building for on this morning of the thirteenth of june the board of trade its halls corridors offices and stairways were already thrilling with a vague and terrible sound it was only a little after nine o'clock the trading would not begin for another half hour. But even now the mutter of the whirlpool, the growl of the pit was making itself felt. The eddies were gathering. The thousands of subsidiary torrents that fed the cloaca were moving. From all over the immediate neighbourhood there came, from the offices of hundreds of commission houses, from brokers' offices, from banks, from the tall grey buildings of La Salle Street, from the street itself, and even from greater distances they came auxiliary currents set in from all the reach of the great northwest from minneapolis duluth and milwaukee from the southwest st louis omaha and kansas city contributed to the volume the atlantic seaboard new york and boston and philadelphia set out their tributary streams london liverpool paris and odessa merged their influences with the vast world-wide flowing that bore down upon chicago and that now began slowly slowly to center and circle about the wheat pit of the board of trade small wonder that the building to page's ears vibrated to a strange and ominous humming she heard it in the distant clicking of telegraph keys in the echo of hurried, whispered conversations held in dark corners, in the noise of rapid footsteps, in the trilling of telephone bells. These sounds came from all around her. They issued from the offices of the building below her, above her, and on either side. She was surrounded with them, and they mingled together to form one prolonged and muffled roar that, from moment to moment, increased in volume the pit was getting under way the whirlpool was forming and the sound of its courses was like the sound of the ocean in storm heard at a distance page and landry were still halfway up the last stairway above and below the throng was packed dense and immobilized but little by little landry wormed away for them winning one step at a time but he was very anxious again and again he looked at his watch at last he said I've got to go. It's just madness for me to stay another minute. I'll give you my card. Well, leave me here, page urged. It can't be helped. I'm all right. Give me your card. I'll tell the guide in the gallery that you kept the seat for me, if I ever can get there. You must go. Don't stay another minute. If you can, come for me here in the gallery when it's over. I'll wait for you. But if you can't come, all right, I can take care of myself. He could but assent to this. There was no time to think of small things. He left her and bore back with all his might through the crowd, gained the landing at the turn of the balustrade, waved his hat to her, and disappeared. A quarter of an hour went by. Page caught in the crowd could neither advance nor retreat. Ahead of her, some twenty steps away, she could see the back rows of seats in the gallery. But they were already occupied it seemed hopeless to expect to see anything on the floor that day but she could no longer extricate herself from the press there was nothing to do but stay where she was on every side of her she caught odds and ends of dialogues and scraps of discussions and while she waited she found an interest in listening to these as they reached her from time to time well "'observed the man in the tall white hat, "'who had discouraged Landry from attempting to reach the gallery. "'Well, he's shaken em up pretty well. "'Whether he drowns em or they drown him, he's made a good fight.' "'His companion, a young man with eyeglasses, "'who wore a wonderful white waistcoat with queer glass buttons, "'assented, and Page heard him add, "'Big operator, that Jadwin. "'They're going for him now, though. "'I ain't so sure. He's got another fight in him. You'll see.' ever see him no no he don't come into the pit those big men never do directly in front of page two women kept up an interminable discourse well said the one that's all very well but mr jadwin made my sister-in-law she lives in dubuque you know a rich woman she bought some wheat just for fun you know a long time ago and held on till mr jadwin put the price up to four times what she paid for it and then she sold out now you ought to see the lovely house she's building, "'and her son's gone to Europe to study art, if you please. "'And a year ago, my dear, they didn't have a cent, "'not a cent, but her husband's salary.' "'There's the other side, too, though,' no? answered her companion, "'adding in a hoarse whisper. "'If Mr. Jedwin fails to-day, well, honestly, Julia, "'I don't know what Philip will do.' but from another group at page's elbow a man's bass voice cut across the subdued uh, chatter of the two women guess we'll pull it through somehow burbank and company though by george i'm not sure about them they are pretty well involved in this thing and there's two or three smaller firms that are dependent on them if Gretry converse and company should suspend burbank would go with a crash sure and there's that bank in keokuk they can't stand much more Their depositors would run em quick as how do you do if there was a smash here in Chicago. Oh, Jadwin will pull through. Well, I hope so. By jingo, I hope so. Say, by the way, how did you come out? Me? (laughs) Ha! Say, my boy, the next time I get into a wheat trade, you'll know it. I was one of the merry paretics who believed that Crooks was the great (laughs) lum-tum. I tailed onto his clique. Lord love you Chadwin put the knife into me to the tune of twelve thousand dollars, but say, look, look here, aren't we ever going to get up into that blame gallery? We ain't going to see any of this, and I hark by God, there goes the gong. They've begun, say, say, hear em, will you holy Moses say, listen to that, Did you ever, Lord, I wish I could see uh, could get somewhere where we could see something his friend turned to him and spoke a sentence that was drowned in the sudden vast volume of sound that all at once shook the building hey what the other shouted into his ear but even then his friend could not hear nor did he listen the crowd upon the staircases had surged irresistibly forward and upward there was a sudden outburst of cries women's voices were raised in expostulation and even fear oh oh don't push so my arm oh i shall faint please but the men their escorts held back furiously their faces purple they shouted imprecations over their shoulders hey there you damn fools what are you doing don't crowd so get back get back there's a lady fainted here get back you we'll all have a chance to see good lord ain't there a policeman anywheres say say it's going down the price it broke three cents just then at the opening they say this is the worst i ever saw or heard of by god if jadwin can only hold them you bet he'll hold them hold nothing oh say my friend it it don't do you any good to crowd like that it's the people behind i'm not doing it say do you know where they're at on the floor the the wheat i mean is it going up or down up they tell me there was a rally i don't know how can we tell here we-hey there they go again lord that must have been a smash i guess the board of trade won't forget this day in a hurry heavens you can't hear yourself think glad i ain't down there in the pit but at last a group of policemen appeared by main strength they shouldered their way to the top of the stairs and then began pushing the crowd back at every instant they shouted move on now clear the stairway no seats left but at this page who by the rush of the crowd had been carried almost to the top of the stairs managed to extricate an arm from the press and hold landry's card in the air she even hazarded a little deception i have a pass will you let me through please luckily one of the officers heard her he bore down heavily with all the mass of his two hundred pounds and the majesty of the law he'd represented to the rescue and succour of this very pretty girl let the lady through he roared forcing a passage with both elbows come right along miss stand back you now can't you see the lady has a pass now then miss and be quick about it i can't keep em back forever jostled and hustled her dress crumpled her hat awry page made her way forward till the officer caught her by the arm and pulled her out of the press with a long breath she gained the landing of the gallery the guide an old fellow in a uniform of blue with brass buttons and a visored cap stood nearby, and to him she presented landry's card oh yes yes he shouted in her ear after he had glanced over "'You were the party Mr. Court spoke about. "'You just came in time. (laughs) "'I wouldn't have dared to hold your seat a minute longer.' "'He led her down the crowded aisle between rows of theatre chairs, "'all of which were occupied, to one vacant seat in the very front row. "'You can see everything now,' he cried, making a trumpet of his palm. "'You're Mr. Jadwin's niece, I know, I know. "'It's a wild day, miss.' they ain't done much yet and and mr jadwin's holding his own just now but i thought for a moment they had had him on the run You, you see that oh my my there was a sharp rally but he's holding on strong yet page took her seat and leaning forward looked down into the wheat pit once free of the crowd after leaving page landry ran with all the swiftness of his long legs down the stair and through the corridors till all out of breath he gained gretry's private office the other pit traders for the house some eight or ten men were already assembled and just as landry entered by one door the broker himself came in from the customer's room jadwin was nowhere to be seen what are the orders for today sir gretry was very pale Despite his long experience on the board of trade, Landry could see anxiety in every change of his expression, in every motion of his hands. The broker, before answering the question, crossed the room to the water-cooler and drank a brief swallow. Then, emptying the glass, he refilled it, moistened his lips again, and again emptied and filled the goblet. He put it down, caught it up once more, filled it, emptied it, "'drinking now in long draughts, now in little sips. "'He was quite unconscious of his actions, "'and Landry, as he watched, felt his heart sink. "'Things must indeed be at a desperate pass "'when Gretry, the calm, the clear-headed, the placid, "'was thus upset. "'Your orders,' said the broker at last, "'the same as yesterday. Keep the market up, that's all. "'It must not go below a dollar fifteen, "'but act on the defensive.' don't be aggressive unless i send word there will probably be very heavy selling the first few moments you can buy each of you up to a half a million bushels apiece if that don't keep the price up if they still are selling after that well gretry paused a moment irresolutely well he added suddenly if they're still selling freely after you've each bought half a million i'll let you know what to do and and look here he continued facing the group look here "'Keep your heads cool. "'I guess today will decide things. "'Watch the crooks crowd pretty closely. "'I understand they're up to something again. Eh, "'That's all, I guess.' Landry and the other Gretry traders hurried from the office up to the floor. Landry's heart was beating thick and slow and hard. His teeth were shut tight. Every nerve, every fiber of him, braced itself with the rigidity of drawn wire, To meet the issue of the impending hours now was to come the last grapple he had never lived through a crisis such as this before would he prevail would he keep his head would he avoid or balk the thousand and one little subterfuges tricks and traps that the hostile traders would prepare for him prepare with a quickness a suddenness that all but defied the sharpest keenest watchfulness was the gong never going to strike he found himself all at once on the edge of the wheat pit it was jammed tight with the crowd of traders and the excitement that disengaged itself from that tense vehement crowd of white faces and glittering eyes was veritably sickening veritably weakening men on either side of him were shouting mere incoherencies to which nobody not even themselves were listening others silent gnawed their nails to the quick Breathing rapidly, audibly even, their nostrils expanding and contracting, all around roared the vague thunder that since early morning had shaken the building. In the pit the bids leaped to and fro, though the time of opening had not yet come. The very planks underfoot seemed spinning about in the first huge warning swirl of the pit's centripetal convulsion. There was dizziness in the air. Something, some infinite immeasurable power onrushing in its eternal courses shook the pit in its grasp something deafened the ears blinded the eyes dulled and numbed the mind with its roar with the chaff and dust of its whirlwind passage with a stupefying sense of its power coeval with the earthquake the glacier merciless all-powerful a primal basic throw of creation itself unassailable inviolate and untamed had the trading begun had the gong struck landry never knew never so much as heard the clang of the great bell all at once he was fighting all at once he was caught as it were from off the stable earth and flung headlong into the heart and centre of the pit what he did he could not say what went on about him he could not distinguish he only knew that roar was succeeding roar that there was crashing through his ears through his very brain the combined bellow of a hundred niagaras hands clutched and tore at him his own tore and clutched in turn the pit was mad was drunk and frenzied not a man of all those who fought and scrambled and shouted who knew what he or his neighbor did they only knew that a support long thought to be secure was giving way not gradually not evenly but by horrible collapses and equally horrible upward leaps now it held now it broke now it reformed again rose again then again in hideous cataclysms fell from beneath their feet to lower depths than before The official reporter leaned back in his place helpless on the wall overhead the indicator on the dial was rocking back and forth like the mast of a ship caught in a monsoon the price of july wheat no man could so much as approximate the fluctuations were no longer by fractions of a cent but by ten cents fifteen cents twenty-five cents at a time on one side of the pit wheat sold at ninety cents on the other at a dollar and a quarter and all the while above the din above the floor above the tramplings and the shoutings in the pit there seemed to thrill and swell that appalling roar of the wheat itself coming in coming on like a tidal wave bursting through dashing barriers aside rolling like a measureless almighty river from the farms of iowa and the ranches of california on to the east to the bake-shops and hungry mouths of europe landry called one of the gretry traders by the arm what shall we do he shouted I, i've bought up to my limit no more orders have come in the, the market has gone from under us what's to be done i don't know the other shouted back i don't know we're all gone to hell looks like the last smash there are no more supporting orders something's gone wrong gretry hasn't sent any word then landry beside himself with excitement and with actual terror hardly knowing even yet what he did turned sharply about he fought his way out of the pit he ran hatless and panting across the floor in and out between the groups of spectators down the stairs to the corridor below and into the gretry converse offices in the outer office a group of reporters and the representatives of a great commercial agency were besieging one of the heads of the firm they assaulted him with questions just tell us where you are at that's all we want to know Just what is the price of july wheat is jadwin winning or losing but the other threw out an arm in a wild gesture of helplessness we don't know ourselves he cried the market has run clean away from everybody you know as much about it as i do it's simply hell broken loose that's all we can't tell you where we are at for days to come landry rushed on he swung open the door of the private office and entered, slamming it behind him and crying out, Mr. Gretry, what are we to do? We've had no orders. But no one listened to him. Of the group that gathered around Gretry's desk, no one so much as turned ahead. End of chapter 10, part 2